Want to know how to get the best cannabis for the best prices from Greater Boston's top dispensaries? Search Lantern Now to get the best bud for your buck with free same-day delivery. Find the highest quality cannabis all in one place with filters for product type, price, effects, and more to find exactly what you want. Whether it's an eighth, an edible, a vape, or anything in between, shop it all across the top dispensaries without sacrificing quality or time. Search Lantern Now to get the best cannabis delivered to your door for free today. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit-forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. B-Pod Studios. Not your neighborhood packy. High Profile Bodega is Boston's locally owned go-to dispensary, offering an exclusive selection of premium cannabis products and the best bundles in the city. Re-up with their bundles featuring cannabis cup-winning cloud cover, the build-your-own pre-roll five-pack, or their Bodega Run Edibles bundle. They're wicked pissa. Whether you're a beginner, coming back to the industry, or a connoisseur, come visit them in DOT and take advantage of their free parking. Located at 43 Freeport Street, right off DOT Ave, or explore high-profile cannabis. Please consumers Responsibly, this product may cause impairment and may be habit-forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR284013. To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated. Archaic. Oh, it is. I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly. Felger and Mass, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5, the Sports Hub. All right, hour number two of the program here, Felger and Mass, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We're at our Town Fred Tire Studios, the temporary studios at the NBC Media Group in Needham. Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, joins us for first for his first of regular weekly stints. Greg will be rejoining us this year for the 2022 football season. We'll usually be doing them on Tuesdays. It's a big boy Tuesday because the Pats had the uh, Wednesday off day this week. We put them on a Wednesday. And we're going over training camp so far. He gave you three up, three down before. Now I have some individual questions on players and units, Greg, that I want your thoughts on. You ready for it? Ready. Okay, and some of this, Maz, we hit on some of these in three up, three down. You didn't really weigh in, but let me ask you. First question, true or false, Kendrick Bourne is having a quiet camp. Uh, I would say that's true, uh, lowercase t. I just think it's a byproduct of they can't block and they can't pass, and so, you know, really, you know, what are they going to do? I don't think, and I also don't think they've gotten to installing or repping some of the plays where he's going to have more of a starting a starring role like the end arounds and and uh you know freeing him up in the short passing game. I just don't think they've been able to get to it because they can't block. Okay, so true but you're not concerned about it. Yep. Okay. True or false, Devontae Parker is not getting separation on a regular basis, but he does win contested catches. So is this a good or a bad thing or overall analysis? 
Uh, I would say that's true, but I am not overly concerned about his ability to or inability to really separate. I think that uh, he does an excellent job catching contested passes. That's his bread and butter. I think it'll work well with Mac Jones once they get a little bit of better protection up front. But I think he's he's gotten off to a good start in camp, and now the question is, can he stay on the field? Okay, what's the story with Isaiah Wynn? Is he even a lock to make this team? I know his money's guaranteed, but is he guaranteed to even be here? And what and, and what's up with him? Well, he's been out the last two days in practice, which is uh, the norm with him. I mean, I don't know if this is a uh, uh, a vacation for him or what you know what the deal is, but he he has not been out there. He was limited two days ago. Yesterday, he wasn't even out there. Uh, I, I thought he's gotten off to a really good start in camp. And you could see he's done a nice job at right tackle, you know, with the position switch. I think he's a fit for what they're trying to do on the outside. He's, you know, smaller, more mobile, uh, as opposed to some of the other guys. He's, he's a good fit for what they're trying to do. Um, but I mean, you look at his $10.4 million cap hit and yes, it's guaranteed, but if they can trade him and even get nothing in return, that comes straight off the books, which, you know, you look at Yadni Kajust has come on of late. They have Justin Huron. It's right tackle. Like, you know, if I'm them, I don't care if I only get a sixth or seventh round pick. If I get the $10.4 million off my books, he's not going to be back here next year. I'm doing it in a, in, in a second. Because you, you ultimately think he's not worth that money this year. No, I don't. I think he's, he's a middle of the road offensive tackle and now he's a right tackle. So, Go find a right tackle. You know, that's why I wanted them to draft a tackle in this draft, you know, along with defensive tackle to have some options for some of these guys and get them ready. But, you know, hopefully Kajust is ready. He's, he's been 10 and one in his, uh, since the first day in one on one reps. He got a chance to start at right tackle yesterday, did a much better job than Justin Huron. So, you know, go Yadni Kajust on Thursday night. Did you follow up, Mess? Yeah, I was just going to say quickly, Greg, would Aweno be a, a candidate there? Isn't he better at tackle than guard? He is, but he hasn't played one snap, I don't think. Uh, maybe a couple snaps at tackle. Um, I just question how good of a fit he is for this scheme. If they're going to continue on with the scheme, he's lead footy. He's a big, he's a big dude. I mean, he, it's, it's not his forte. You want him to just power somebody or you know pull and destroy somebody in the gap and right now they're not doing that he's having to run sideline to sideline it's just not his forte okay i've been reading that jonathan jones your normal slot corner has been lining up outside what does that mean yeah it's it's been an interesting development the last two days wasn't sure what to to make of it the first day he was back there yesterday uh so it's more than just a passing look this is the sort of thing that you get into in camp where they'll put a guy out there for a practice, see what it looks like. I think it's more about them being underwhelmed with their other options on the outside than it is just about they have better options behind him at slot than they do as the number number two cornerback. So move him out there. I think I think they're questioning how good Malcolm Butler is. Uh, is Jack Jones ready? Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Sean Wade has definitely slipped down the depth chart in training camp so far. And, you know, on the inside, you have Miles Bryant, you have Marcus Jones, who's looked really good. So you're looking at trying to get the best three or four cornerbacks on the field. And does that mean Jonathan Jones on the outside? It could very well. 
Okay. I know in your three up, three down, your number one up was uh, a defensive lineman whose name, I, I'm sorry, I have already forgotten. LeBrian Ray. LeBrian Ray. Maz's number one star was Christian Barmore. Uh, it, true or false, Christian Barmore has, in fact, been the best player at camp so far. Uh, you can at least make a convincing argument to say that. I mean, I, would, I don't have a problem with anybody saying that. I'll put it that way. He's been he's been tremendous. He he has. I mean, his one on one numbers haven't been off the charts. He's seven and five, but um, you know, on a down to down basis and team, um, he's been great. But he but it's also we should note he hasn't really gotten any opportunities in base defense. He's still second line. And mostly a sub rusher. That's it to this point. I mean, it could change, but that's where he's been so far. So, Greg, if he hasn't been the best player in camp, who has been? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really thought about it. Godchow's been right. good. Um, you know, I, I don't really think of things in those terms. You know, it, throw out some names, and I'll tell you whether they're in the conversation. Okay. Well, I'm not going to continue throwing throwing out names at you. Okay. Let's just stay on okay. track. Don't 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 confuse the big boy, Maz. All right. Sorry. Uh, I, I want to go through some of the rookies. Uh, you told me about Cole Strange. Not good so far this camp, but yet you still think he's going to start because he has to. How about the second-round pick, the receiver, Tyquan Thornton? What do you see there? I With every day, I like Tyquan Thornton more and more. I think he's been – he got off to a really slow start, and you looked at him, you're like, oh, man, this kid is so – I mean, he's like Chris Rock thin. Like, that's what he looks like out there. And you're just like, is this kid going to play in the NFL at all? And the first couple of days, you're just like – kept asking those questions but every day he's been better i love his route running i love how he catches the ball with his hands uh he had a double move the other day that left terrence mitchell's jock on the field i mean he can he can run short routes he can run intermediate routes i think i had the thought the other day of is he pushing and i don't know if they can get rid of him with the cap but the better he does the quicker it's pushing nelson Aguilar off the roster in my opinion Okay, strong endorsement there. What about the two, uh, the the Jones boys, as they say, Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, the third and fourth round picks at defensive back. Marcus Jones is the kick returner, right? So, so tell me both. Yep. You know how do the, how are those guys factoring in right now? Really love Marcus Jones. I, you know, you can he's going to bring something in the kicking game, which will be a bonus. And considering how much, um, you know, hopefully the defense forces other teams to punt, so he gets to return punts this year but he should be effective there i think he's he's on his way to being a honey badger type of uh you know you don't know where he's going to line up and what he's going to do uh really like the kid jack jones got off to a really strong start in the offseason practices he's had his moments in camp but they've been you know fewer and far between and you know good player but i thought he was going to be pushing to start from the get-go to this point, you can't say that. You can't even suggest it to this point. Okay. And then the mid-round picks at running I forgot they drafted two freaking running backs. Pierre yeah. Strong, Kevin Harris, and then the quarterback, Bailey Zappi. Give me thoughts on those guys. Uh, the running backs have been completely nondescript, haven't stood out at all. I'm not saying they're you know good or bad or what. Uh, Kevin Harris will stand out to you come Thursday night because his legs are freaking huge. He's quadzilla. Pierre Strong... Uh, is much smaller, much thinner. Uh, you haven't really seen. You thought you were going to get big explosion out of him. To this point, we haven't seen it. I don't know if that's him or the offense or what, but I'm just giving you facts to this point. Um, neither have really stood out, and you have a hard time seeing them grab a role. You'd like to see them get the Foxborough flu, 
both of them uh, this year and sort of redshirt. And then Zappi um, had his moments. There have been days where you could make the argument that Zappi's been better than Mac Jones. But he also has moments where, um, you know, he throws like Ryan Mallett and it's, you know, hitting people in the stands and things like that. So, um, you know, some typical rookie quarterback, some good, some bad, but, you know, like what I've seen so far. Does the quarterback make the roster? Which quarterback? Zappy. Oh, of course he does. I mean, you know, they, they spent a decent draft pick on him, and, and you know, Brian Hoyer isn't getting any younger. And so, yeah, I think, in my opinion, all three quarterbacks make the roster. Well, you could even probably put Hoyer on the practice squad. No one's going to claim him, right? Yeah, but it's different this year because they signed him to him and Nick Folk. They both did this dance last year. They signed both to two-year contract extensions. So you're going to... You're going to take a cap hit, then you're going to bring them back. Like a year uh, ago, you could do it. Now it's harder. Okay. All right. Uh, minor point. Uh, there you go. So there's a little whip through the roster, hang on some of the things we haven't done yet this year. Your calls are still waiting. I promise we'll get to you. But first, we have to do the first premiere edition of 10 Questions with the Big Boy. Yeah. And we'll do it right after these words. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means six flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. This is your summer. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes. got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, here we go. First time this football season. Ten questions, ten minutes with Bedard. we got to stay on time. Jimmy, what are our buzzer options? I like football. (laughs) Thanks, Mac. Next. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. That's uh, uh, Richard William Belichick. Yes. We're not going to get into a play-by-play evaluation out here. Yeah, there it is. Go ahead. We still on? Good question. (laughs) Maybe we're not. We might not be on. We might not be on. (laughs) <laughs> that was yesterday. Good. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. Next. Hey, guys, that effing hole upstairs. <laughs> Excuse me. I can't say that. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Let it go. All right. Number 10. Hit it, Jimmy. We still on? Good question. Maybe we're not. We might not be on. We might not be on. <laughs> you know when they call us an echo chamber here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't just, know what they're talking keep about. Repeating yourself until good number question. ten. Greg, thoughts on the six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson, uh, the league's appeal, and what should be the ultimate resolution of this? Well, I think the 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 length of the suspension by the arbitrator, and then also the league's reaction is you know typical. I mean, you, you kind of knew this was going to happen. Um, you know, my overriding thought on this was. You know, if Deshaun, Deshaun, no one's handled themselves well in this, especially Deshaun Watson and the Browns, you know, with that ridiculous contract. But my thought is what Deshaun should have done was taken responsibility way back when, when this broke, said, you know, even if he didn't believe it, he should have come out and said, 
look, I obviously have a problem. I'm going to go. I'm taking myself out of the league. I am going in treatment for whatever. Because he basically he got basically suspended, not officially, last year. He didn't play at all. He had the opportunity to do the right thing, get help, uh, you know, lessen the amount of him being a predator that he is, and then maybe the NFL would have looked kindly on that, and people may, maybe would have been ready to forgive him. Instead, he's been in, like, Patriot's battle mode the whole time trying to fight this, and now he's just prolonging it where this could be a two-, three-year thing, and it didn't need to get to this point. You guys have any thoughts? Uh, nine games. Nine weeks is what I say. Nine weeks, half the season. Wasn't enough. Wasn't surprised the league appealed. He'll be whacked the whole year. He's going to get this whole year. Okay, next. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. It's true, Bill. Oh, and by the way, if he decides to go to court, he will lose. Thanks to the subject of my next question, Tom Brady decided to go to federal court. He loses, so Article 46 is now codified as federal law. That's why Deshaun Watson can't take it to court because Brady porked him. Number nine, do you think Tom Brady, Greg, will ultimately land up in Miami or will the whole tampering case there sort of block him from going there? I don't think that he ends up there as a player. I do think he ends up there as a owner executive, you know, once he hangs it up. I think he I think he finishes with the Bucks because they have nothing behind him either. Uh Jimmy, do you have a thought on this by by any chance of any intel on this? I think at the very least he's an owner, figurehead executive, but I could see him absolutely playing one season in Miami before all that takes um before all that happens. Okay, my prediction is he won't play there because of the optics and what's gone down here is my guess. I also think the horses left the barn. Like now they have Mike McDaniel in there as a, a coach. Yeah, does he, he want to run that fit. does he want right. to run that offense? It doesn't fit anymore. I think Miami moved on. Next. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. Number eight, Greg, where's the best landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo? Cleveland. Go there. Be the hero for a season. It's a very talented roster. You know, he makes them a winner. Deshaun comes back. Jimmy can can write his ticket after the season. I'll stick him with New Orleans. Put him indoors. Garoppolo can throw. Put him indoors. Let him put up some numbers. It's a good spot. The best spot is the L.A. Rams. That tendonitis in the elbow of Matt Stafford is going to be a problem. Mark it down. Midseason, he's going to be out. They won't trade him there, but he should go to the Rams if that, if that could happen. I like that call. I still say Miami. Because he can run the offense for the new coach. There are some good landing spots for him. Next. Hey, guys, that effing hole upstairs. Excuse me, I can't say that. Sorry. Speaking of McVay, he signed a contract extension with the Rams. Does he deserve to be the highest paid coach in the league, Greg? Absolutely. I mean, he's he's the, the, the modern coach. I mean, he's been to two Super Bowls, won one. Um, you know, he, he his scheme has and assistance have proliferated around the league. Um, he's the guy right now, and he deserves to be the highest paid player uh, coach in the league. Next. I like football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number six, should Aaron Rodgers' use of ancient psychedelic drugs, what's it called again, Mark? Ayahuasca. Should his use of ayahuasca be subject to the NFL's substance abuse policy? They've already said he won't be, but should it be, Greg? No, I, I mean, I assume that's some sort of natural thing like peyote or whatever. So along the same lines as marijuana. So no for me. 
Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't cocaine a naturally occurring? Yeah. I was just going to say, so is heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so what do you guys think? My underst- I say no because my understanding is of taking ayahuasca, it's not about getting banged up to get banged up. You do it to, for like a mental health thing. So I'd say no. <laughs> no. My answer is no, but... Anyway, I'll wait for the next question. Listen, he shouldn't be, these guys shouldn't be suspended for any use of street drugs. So I'm a no on all of them. But now, if you're going to punish a guy for using ecstasy, if you're going to punish a guy for dropping acid, if you're going to punish a guy for Molly, which Wes Welker was, if you, and you know, never mind Ty Law's cousin, oh, right, yeah. if you're going to punish a guy for uh, dropping mushrooms, then yes, you should find a guy for this. This oh the the, the healing psychic powers the medicinal. Oh, go f yourself. He's tripping. He's tripping on shrooms. It's all that that is. He's on an acid trip. So of course you should, of course it should be subject. If anything's going to be subject, this should be. None of it should be. But if but if you're gonna you know pop a guy for Molly or ecstasy or mushrooms or acid, then this absolutely does. What are we talking about here? Sounds like you speak from experience. Give me a break. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Next. Ayahuasca. We're not going to get into a play-by-play evaluation out here. Thanks, uh, Bill. Uh, the first annual. Uh, biggest tool bag question. Biggest tool bag of the NFL offseason so far, Greg? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Talking about. And his entrance to camp with the tank top and the yes! hair. What a tool. Complete total tool. That whole freaking Johnny Cool thing coming into camp. You loser. You freaking grease. Tool bag. Number four, Jimmy. We still on? Good question. Maybe we're not. We might not be on. We might not be on. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> Name a team you're expecting to make a big jump from last year, Greg. As long as Lamar Jackson stays healthy, which is a big if every season or COVID or whatever else he gets, it's got to be the Ravens. I mean, that that division without Deshaun Watson, the Steelers are who knows what they're doing at quarterback. The Bengals should take a step back. They kind of got lucky last season. I think it's the Ravens. I'm surprised Greg didn't pick this team, so I will. The Raiders. The Raiders. I think people are sleeping on the Raiders. I think they're going to be good. Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, uh, Josh McDaniels. The Raiders are going to be good. They were 10-7 and seven last year, Maz. It's, like, it's like, not like they were 5-12. and 12. Yeah, nobody took them seriously, though. They're going to be like 13-4. and four. They're going to be good. And that's how I feel about that the division? Eagles. I think it'll be in the NFC Championship game. Big additions to offense, frisky defense, and I think Hurts makes a jump. Okay, I'll go Dolphins on that one next. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. Name a team you're expecting to take a big fall from last year, Greg. Arizona. I, I, I just don't. They were 11-6 and six last year. I, you know, they got the Murray contract, but there's the whole independent study thing. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for PEDs. I don't have a lot of faith in the coach. No Chandler Jones. They have a really tough schedule. Most analytics say it's the toughest schedule in the league. Uh, I, I think they're up for a big fall. Tampa Bay. I don't like their O-line. They got a major O-line problem. Major, major, major. Tennessee. Uh, I think the AFC South is going to be better. That includes the Jags. And how much more Ryan Tannehill you need to see? I'm surprised none of you said the most obvious one. Patriots? Patriots, Patriots. (laughs) next. We're not going to get into a play-by-play evaluation out here. No, we don't want to do that, Bill. Uh, Greg, rank your top quarterbacks in the NFL and give me the list until you get to Josh Allen. This is to win a game tomorrow. I'm not building a team or anything like that. To win a game tomorrow, 
Tom Brady. Nope, no, 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 no. Let's do this then. <laughs> this what? season. This season. This season. Well, you didn't put that down. But anyways, I'm gi- I'm giving you my list. Take it Such or shove it. I don't really care. Go. Qu- Just bad go. Qu- it's a bad question. Don't shut Tom it. Brady. Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers. Josh Allen. Oh, okay. Oh. You've you finally come on. All right. You then Burrow and Herbert. The- Finally given uh, Allen is proper due. We we did this at the end of last year. I said he was elite last year at the end of last Shut year. Shut up, Greg. Your over. turn's over. I was just checking in, seeing where we were at. Mahomes, Burrow, Rodgers, Brady, Allen. He's better than Burrow. Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, Burrow, Allen. He's better than Burrow. Uh, next, than Burrow. last one. I like football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, and this is for all Patriots fans, because maybe you've already answered this question. If you had the option to go to just one Patriots road game this year, which one would it be? I'll give you some options because all of these independently would have been a trip. September 11th at Miami. I know that's too early, but Miami's an annual trip. I'm just putting it on the list. September 11th at Miami. September 18th at Pittsburgh. December 12th at Arizona, fellas. little December trip out there to Scottsdale, play some golf, see the Patriots. That would be a trip. December 18th at Vegas. Yeah, kid. And I left out, not unintentionally, last but not least, October 2nd at Green Bay. You give me, you can only pick one road game and you're a Patriots fan, Greg. Where do you go? Vegas is very tempting because it's Vegas and also it's you're, you're freezing your ass off here so you want to get out of here. But I got to go Green Bay. Early October at Green oh, Bay, Lambeau, oh, probably oh. Belichick's last game at Lambeau Field. <laughs> and Rodgers is still there. It's awesome. Oh. You got to go. Oh. Sorry. It's Vegas. Please. It's Vegas and a runaway. Yeah, strip it and grip it. <laughs> it's Pittsburgh. Underrated city. Cheap trip. Great in the no fall. Way. Easy to get to. Cheap flight. And there's not going to be a ton of Patriots fans there. They're all going to Vegas. The only problem with this is that the Pats suck. <laughs> if they were good, <laughs> there'd be so many good road trips, so many good games to go see. Yeah, we're going to go to Vegas. We're going to see the Pats get killed and then see some strippers. All right. Uh, that's it. <laughs> I, I, uh, Murray's update. There's uh, some latest rumblings on Kevin Durant and the Celtics. We'll get to that in the 4 o'clock hour, but I promise we'll get to your phones right after the headline. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. This is your summer. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes. We can fly. Felger. And of course he looks good. And Mass. Because Mac Jones is out there with some tight shirt and looks hot. I never said he looked hot. Felger and Mass. He's got like that tapered torso thing. 98.5, the sports hub. What's it been like the last several days for you guys? We saw David addressed you guys uh, yesterday after practice. What's it been like trying to get to where you want to be? Yeah, it's good. I think uh, we're going to figure it out, and that takes time and patience, and I think we're making a lot of progress, so it's good. Mac Jones says the Patriots offense is making a lot of progress. Debatable, highly debatable. According to most everyone who's been down there, including Greg Bedard, who joins us now, as promised, your phones, Stephen West Roxbury. Go ahead, Steve. 
Hi, guys. I've been listening a lot this week in your discussions of the progress the Patriots offense are making, and i got to tell you, I've been giving this a lot of thought, and I'm not really sure it's bad coaching. Bad coaching is trying to force a system in or trying to get guys to do something by disregarding what you see on the field. And I coach football for a long time, and I'm no Belichick worshiper, but I know it's frustrating to hear them take the pads off and to see them take their time, but how many times had we seen teams 20 years ago look terrible trying to force a West Coast offense down a team's throat? You know, these things take time, and I think it's not ego-driven. I actually applaud Belichick, and I'm not sure I'm going to applaud you know Patricia and Joe Judge for pumping the brakes, willing to sacrifice their ego, and say, let's take our time and do this right, or we're going to get somebody hurt. And I'll, I'll let you guys go and discuss this here, but I think the Ivan Frears loss is a big one, too, because everyone knows in zone running games, the back and the reads they make are just as important as the blocking structures in the offensive line. Okay. I, I, I just, thanks for the call. I disagree with so much of what, what you're saying. The, the running backs coach, I don't think, I, I, I love Ivan Frears, but like, come on. Uh, I think that the ego part, I, I don't think Bill's changing this because of ego. I think the ego comes in, Greg, where he thinks he can pull it off in the manner in which he's doing it. Like, I'll figure it out. And Matt's good enough to do this, even though he's never coached it. He'll figure it out. If you can coach defense, you can coach offense. And I've seen this system my entire life, and we'll be able to figure it out. And I I think that's where his quote-unquote arrogance comes in. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I would just say that, look, when it comes to implementing something like this and and you know, Steve's point about, you know, whether it's coaching or, you know, what have you, you know, it, when you're, when you're a coach and you say, all right, well, we're going to do something different. You got to ask pertinent questions. You have to ask number one, do we have the players to run this scheme or to do our, do we have the right players? That's an open-ended question. I mean, I think part of the struggles are, do they have the right players? And, and if they wanted to say, go full Shanahan or what have you, um, you know, is Trent Brown the right left tackle to do that? Is, well, answer these questions. Are are they? Is he? Uh, they're not ideal fits. I mean, if if Bill really wanted to do this, and, you know, the other question you have, have to ask, do we have the coaches to implement that? I, you know, I think, I think the, and we can get to the individual questions, but on the players, I'd say that's in doubt. On the coaches, I would say that's a no. And do we have enough time to get it done and do we have enough coverage? Like, if Brady was here, you could maybe do some things because you know Brady was going to give you coverage. Um, you know, as far as give you margin for error. This team doesn't have any margin for error on either side of the ball. So, to me, those three questions, uh, you answer those, you know, negatively. You have to. Um, as far as the individual discussion, no, I don't think they do. If Bill wanted to do this, and I wrote a column on this the other day, like, and it goes to me saying they're they're half-assing everything. Like, what if you wanted to do this? Number one, you go out get an expert to put it in. Somebody who's done it before knows how to do it. Then you go and you go with the players. Like, is Trent Brown a zone blocking left tackle? No. Can he do it? Yeah, probably. But David Anders is an ideal fit. Michael Wenu certainly is not an ideal fit. Cole Strange is. Isaiah Wynn is. But if you want to go and do it, why not trade David Anders to Tampa right now? Where Brady needs a center. Why not trade Michael Wenu? Put in Arlington Hambright. Putting Drew Desjardins, the Canadian kid who can play this scheme. Put Cole Strange at center. Like if this is about next year for this team, and we hear this from a lot of 
Patriots fans who are already trying to explain away if this is a disaster, they say, oh, well, it's really about next year. Then why don't you just do it now? Burn the ships. Trade the guys who aren't going to be here in a year that don't fit. Damian Harris probably not going to be here. What's he doing here? You know, uh, there's assorted guys on this roster. Isaiah Wynn's certainly not going to be here next year. Get rid of him. Like, why not just do it? If this is about next year and being great next year, then go all in. Do it all. Okay, so Greg, I have an additional question as it relates to the timing of all this because you hear people say Bill decided late, maybe like from your as you know from your vantage point, when when did this decision happen? In other words, can you get any read on was it actually before the draft, after the draft, was it in June, was it in July? Like, can you, do you have any idea when they decided they were going to go this way? Well, I mean. <laughs> Not to bog, I'm not going to bog this down with a discussion about like how I think, like, I think some of the discussion about this is a little bit overblown and a little bit premature. I think to this point, they're just trying some things. They can easily change the way that they're going. Like, I don't know if they're going to see this through. Like, this is a true transformation. But as far as the timing of it, to me, the drafting of Cole Strange tells you that they were going in that direction before the draft, which would make sense. They would have, meetings in February and March saying like, all right, well, what do we want to look like going forward? What kind of players are we looking for? And Cole Strange is straight out of zone blocking casting. Okay. So then if that's true, then should they be farther along than where they are? You know what I'm getting at? In other words, that feels like it was a while ago. We're going back to end of April, early May. Like you had OTAs, you had mini camp, you had all that stuff. Should they be farther along? I don't think they. Uh, yes, I mean, if they had the right players and the right coaches, yes. I, if they if they had an offensive line guru who was a zone blocking and an offensive coordinator who knows the scheme and the right personnel, then yes, they would be light years ahead of where they are. Uh, but they don't have those things, and then you combine that with. It, it's hard in today's – for them to change, it's different than implementing from the bottom on a rebuilding team, which you've seen in a lot of places. It's difficult to go in with the practice constraints with the new CBA to be able to to do this effectively. And, Greg, again, you think this – and it is odd because you've been really strong about how bad it, it's looked mm-hmm. and the frustrations being real and the struggles being real and all of this. You've been very critical of it, but in the same breath you think it's – a little overblown because you don't think they're all in on this thing. Correct. I, I, okay. I can't tell you from what I've seen in practice, I can't tell you that they're all in. Um, they are certainly, they keep working on elements of the zone blocking scheme. Even when the offensive linemen are on their own corner of the field, they're working on diagonal sleds. And so that tells you they're still working on it. But to this point, all we've seen them of, of the new quote unquote new scheme is Outside zone runs and some like boots and play actions off of that. That's it. In terms of their, and they haven't really gotten there yet. I, I think they're, they're progressing. I think we'll see more of it going forward. But as far as their passing game, it's still to me the traditional Patriots passing game. I think they're just adding an element of outside zone to, to maybe help them help their early down offense. They think that this is the way to go to do that, to get better yardage uh, for for third down. So it's hard for me watching what I've seen so far to say that they're all in. They're going to be, you know, just straight Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay scheme. I, I can't say that yet, and I'm not ready to say that yet. And I just think if it's not working, Bill's going to scrap it. I mean, that's just what he's done historically with schemes. 
uh, or players or whatever. He, if it doesn't work, he scraps it. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I just, he, he even said that the other day, Mike, which you you guys noted, and you know, uh, you and I talked with Ted about this on Sunday night, where I said, I mean, Bill, in my years of covering him. They've always, when they needed to change, when the offensive line was a disaster through the Chiefs game that one year, you know, they changed personnel. Last year after the Dallas game, when they couldn't stop a nosebleed, they changed from still trying to play man with guys who couldn't do it and they didn't have enough pass rush to they went to more zone. And was it ultimately the effective? No, because, you know, they got run over at the end of the year. But it won them games. They did what they needed to do to win games. And to me, it's going to be the same thing here. At some point, to me, if they want to keep doing this, they need to make it. They need to make a decision after the Panthers preseason week with the joint practices and the game. There's enough time from then on out to recenter on what they want to do and refocus on their fundamentals, their traditional offense. At that point, um, but I, I think that Bill absolutely will change. If it's not working, he's not going to stick with it. He's just not. Okay. He's never done that. Okay, I agree. Meanwhile. What to expect tomorrow night in the preseason opener. Greg has that for you right after these words. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. This is your summer. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes. The most popular afternoon radio show in Boston. Back in your face. Fuck it. Felger and Mass. 98.5. The Sports Hub. What's your level of confidence like that you guys will be able to execute consistently an actual game scenario on Thursday? Find out Thursday. Some of these guys have never played a game in a National Football League or for us, so I don't know. We'll see. All right, we'll see Thursday. My gut tells me we're not going to see Jack because they're not ready to play. Where, you know, where if in the best of times, Mac Jones would play a couple series, here he'll play none. And it's just, I base it on absolutely nothing other than what I read about how they look. And how half the time, over half the time here, Mac Jones in 11-on-11 drills has no time to do anything. And the thing looks like a debacle. So for two reasons. One, he doesn't want to get Mac Jones killed. And two, he doesn't want the world to see just how bad this looks. Bill's going to bury it. And we're not going to see anybody. Furthermore, and I know this is for Greg, but I'll just give you my spiel first. Correct me if I'm wrong, they even haven't done goal line drills yet, right? I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they've done red zone and, and low red zone, but they haven't gotten really all that much, like on the one yard line and run the ball in. Right, goal line. Like when, when I, you know, back, back in my day, it was like the first, second day of camp, they were mm-hmm. in full pads, thumping on the one yard line, just about tackling to the ground, just about a full live situation, goal line. They line up on the one yard line, hand it to the running back, and they all bash each other. And it's just like a standard training camp thing that I, I thought they even did to this day, but they haven't even done that. So how are you going to ask if Lawrence Guy hasn't even done goal line yet? How is he going to 
play in this game tomorrow night and all that stuff on offense. So it's all a long way of me saying, Greg, I don't think we're going to see squat tomorrow night. I think you could be right. I mean, considering they have joint practices with the Panthers and Raiders coming up, Bill always puts a lot more into those uh, than he does the preseason game. I mean, I'm hopeful that they at least trot the, all the starters out there for a series, even if they run the most basic plays that they're like, all right, what what can we screw up the least and just do that? A couple of runs, dump into the flat, that type of thing. That's what I would like to see, but I do have my doubts whether we're going to see even that. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I think he's going to dumb it down tomorrow night. I don't think they're ready. Do you think they're too far behind, Greg? Like they've And do you think there's a, a reason for this other than, I don't know, other than I don't even what I would say. I mean, what, what's the reason that they've gone so slow? Uh, because they haven't been able to make any progress. I mean, you can't move on to, you know, B, C, and D if you can't get past A, and they haven't been able to do that yet, so they had to go slow. Do I think they're behind? I mean, if they're going to see this through, yes, obviously they're behind, but I don't think they are behind in terms of being a – decent offense by week one. I think they still have time with um, after the Panthers game because, you know, remember, they play uh, – I forget what the date is, but they pay – you know, they, there's like 10-11 day layoff between the final preseason game and the opener. So you combine the Raiders week with that, that's enough time to go back to your base stuff that you ran last year and do that if you want to. All right, Craig. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. I think it's ridiculous you couldn't come into studio today. Was it the, the, the NBC folks that said no to Greg Bedard in studio? Apparently. They, what, that is why? true. I wanted to be in. Yeah. Well, I, 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 you're, it's not your fault. Your Zoom connection sucked. Is it because of the, the camera issue? It can't I, be, I, I he's been know. in the building for other stuff, right? He's in here every yeah, other right. night for me on TV. Like, I talk to him on TV all the time. He's in here all the time. You should walk down the hallway to management and ask directly. I think I, I, I just was in the bathroom with the GM. I should have brought it up. Please do. But it was, I'd love to have Greg Bedard on set. I was told no yesterday. Okay. Well, blame the TV. It's usual. You can blame the TV people. They're <laughs> you easy know what? to blame. The more that I think of it, I'm glad he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, All right, Greg. Thanks for joining us virtually. We'll probably uh, hopefully talk to you next week in studio, wherever we happen to be. Uh, and that'll do it, okay? Thanks, Greg. We appreciate it. See you, Greg. See you, Greg. It's good. Thanks, guys. Okay. What, Vinny? Camera-related, says Vinny Crouch. What does that mean? So he's not big anymore. I was going to say, he's thinner now. We've yeah. got two people on camera. Add He'll a microphone, add a camera, put him at the desk. Not that He could sit on Murray's lap for crying out loud. <laughs> exactly. What's the diff? Uh, it's better than the, what that sounded like today. Again, not his fault. And we lost I, a segment because the Zoom didn't work. Correct. So, all right. Now we've aired our grievances. Let's move on to uh, breaking news and breaking speculation. There are some latest developments with the Kevin Durant and Celtics trade situation we'll bring you those details here in the headlines and then we're back to discuss there are no commercials so don't go not your neighborhood packy high profile bodega is boston's locally owned go-to dispensary offering an exclusive selection of premium cannabis products and the best bundles in the city re-up with their bundles featuring cannabis cup winning cloud cover the build your own pre-roll five pack or their bodega run edibles bundle they're wicked pissa whether you're a beginner coming back to the industry or a connoisseur come visit them in dot and take advantage of their free parking located at 43 Freeport Street right off Dot Ave or explore high profile cannabis. Please consume 
responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit-forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR284013.